0: What's going on, who that nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Happy Monday to everybody that's checking out the State of the Saints podcast on a Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in. Got a good show lined up for you. Want to give a special shout out to everybody in the chat. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Special shout out to everybody that checked out the show on yesterday, man. I actually did a live show when i was actually exercising man i walked uh from the amenity center where my uh house is and i walked all the way home which is about a half of a mile man and i did a show there Shouts out to everybody that that took part in that show thank y'all so much i didn't think (laughs) too many people was going to actually view that show but shouts out to everybody that did and also i hope everybody had a great weekend man uh before i get started just want to tell y'all a little bit about my weekend this was uh one of the first times that I actually went to a, a crowded function this past weekend. We took Paxton, me and my wife, we took Paxton to the circus, man. Shouts out to the Loomis Circus. And uh, it was a good experience, man. It was, a you know, it's amazing to me how things are now, right? Like being around a crowd seems kind of weird. You know, for over a year and a half, people have, you know, not been around a lot of folk. And, and I had to think about it, this was the first time in Paxton's life <laughs> that he was in a huge crowd because everybody knows that Paxton is two years old for those that have been following the show. Y'all see my little man come on from time to time. But it was a great experience, man, just to see him interact and, you know, see the clowns and, and see some of the acts that the circus had, man. So shouts out to the Loomis Circus. Had a really good time. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Uh Man, I had some bad weather yesterday. Um, Some of y'all probably heard the thunderstorm that It took place during the live and I heard that they had some bad weather out in Louisiana as well. So hope everybody's safe. You know, everybody's, uh, you know, you know, protected and everything like that. And also I want to say rest in peace uh, to Governor Edwin Edwards. Some of y'all probably know who I'm talking about. Edwin Edwards uh, was the governor in the 90s. Um, Of course, his life was surrounded a little bit by controversy, but he, he will go down in history as one of the greatest governors Louisiana ever had. So I was a little bit too young to appreciate who Edwin Edwards was and some of his politics, but I want to say rest in peace to him. And also rest in peace to Tom Benson. Uh, Tom Benson's birthday is yesterday. Um, you know, I want to recognize Tom Benson, a former owner of the New Orleans Saints. He was the owner until he passed away. Now his wife has taken over the team and has done a pretty good job, man, you know, uh, understanding the team and understanding to put the right pieces in place for us to have a, a credible team for years to come. So just want to acknowledge that, man. You know, I know sometimes, uh, you know, we, we talk about, you know, we talk about football here, but you know, when, when stuff like that happens, birthdays and important figures in Louisiana I thought it would just be right to uh, acknowledge those individuals, but let's go ahead and talk about what we need to talk about. Let's talk about what needs to be addressed. Okay. We seen a couple of weeks ago that Ryan Ramcheck, justifiably so, uh, got a contract extension, made in him, making him the highest paid right tackle in football, which he deserves. Uh, Ryan Ramchek is an incredible offensive lineman, the best player on the Saints team, in my opinion. When we come, when we're talking about players and what they do, I think that he's very underrated as a player in the NFL. I think he's the best player on the team. Um, but let's talk about some of these ne- these guys that are next in line. Okay, we know that guys like Marshawn Lattimore, uh, the number one corner on the New Orleans Saints team, who has brought credibility uh, to the New Orleans Saints secondary, regardless to what anybody has to say. Okay, anybody has to say. I I don't care what nobody say. People talk about Lattimore all day long. Oh, he missed this. He inconsistent. That Marshawn Lattimore to me is the best cornerback the Saints has ever had in my lifetime. Okay, some of y'all probably come up with some other cats. They probably were playing in the 80s when I wasn't old enough to appreciate it. I'm a little bit of a historian, but I I am smart enough to know there wasn't much to cheer about when it comes to New Orleans Saints at certain positions. To me, he's the best. And then you also have Marcus Williams, who is the ball hawk. Some people can't get rid of that 2017 moment out of their mind with the Minneapolis Miracle. They're they're, they're doing themselves a disservice, not taking a look at how, how effective Marcus Williams has become as a safety. He's always ranked in the top five at his position, and he's only getting better. To me, he probably had his best season as a safety last season, and the Saints put a franchise tag on him. And they put a franchise tag on Marcus Williams because they understood that most likely if he was to go to free agency, he probably would have get picked up in the first three days. I don't care. I I, I know people are like, man, you, you tripping, TJ. You tripping. No, I'm not. If Marcus Williams wouldn't have gotten the franchise tag, he would be on somebody else's team. So the question on everybody's mind is, who should be next in line? Now, if it was me, the next person that would be next in line would be Marshawn Lattimore because the cornerback position is so important. It is so important because teams, they, they, they go out here and they get these freakish wide receivers, these big, tall, physical wide receivers, and you need somebody that can be able to run with these guys and also match their physicality. So you have a guy like Marshawn Lattimore. He is that guy. Okay, we see him going up against guys like Mike Evans. We have seen him going up against guys like Julio Jones before he went to the Titans and Calvin Ridley and, and, and Chris Godwin and all these different talented players that are, are in the NFC South. You know, now you got to think about Terrence Marshall being over there in Carolina. You got to think about DJ Moore being over there. You got to think about Robbie Anderson being over there. So you need that that corner that you can match up with some of the best wide receivers in football and be comfortable enough to know that he is going to play up to his, you know, the best of his ability and Marshawn Lattimore to me is an elite cornerback. Okay. Now depends on when he's going to look elite is up to Marshawn Lattimore, but we know if he sees a guy that is ranked high, people are looking at that, that wide receiver as the best wide receiver in football. He is up to the challenge. I've seen him neutralize guys. Like Amari Cooper, li- like Mike Evans, who I just mentioned, uh, like some of these other key uh, wide receivers that are out here. So, to me, if I if I was a GM and I had the money and the means and the circumstance, I would pay Marshawn Lattimore first. But here's the th- here's the thing. Here's the issue that we're faced with, that Nation. All the things that I just named is the reason why I feel like there is going to be a little bit of a tug of war and a little bit of a fight between Marshawn Lattimore's representation and the New Orleans Saints organization. So the person I feel is going to get paid next is Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams is going to get paid. Some people are like, can the Saints pay him? Yes, they will. The Saints will pay Marcus Williams. You do not franchise tag a guy if you're not going to pay him. Why do you think this, What do you think the Dallas Cowboys did with Dak Prescott? They franchise tagged him so they can pay him. You see guys who they franchise tag them because they don't want them to be talking with other teams. They love Marcus Williams. I, I mean, I love Marcus Williams. I think Marcus Williams is a really good safety. And I just think that he only just scratched the surface of how good he can be. You know, Marcus Williams has a lot of good qualities, man. He has good hips. You know what I'm saying? Like when it, when it going, you know what I'm saying? Like he has good, you know, like he has good focus on the field. He's able to identify plays. He's able to jump in front of, of those passes. He almost, like, one thing you can say about Marcus Williams, if he's anywhere around the football, most likely it's going to get picked off. He's a ball hawk. Now, some of the things that he struggled with was his tackling, but to me, he, he got better. He gained a little bit of weight. He gained a little bit of muscle last offseason, and it paid dividends for him. And not to mention, I think, with the help of, Malcolm Jenkins helped him out tremendously as well. When you have a guy that can be a little bit of a mentor to you, guy that kind of went down the same path as you. that I mean, Marcus Williams reminds me a lot of a young Malcolm Jenkins. A lot of the issues that we see with Marcus Williams, we had the issue with Malcolm Jenkins. But the thing about it is Malcolm Jenkins went to Philadelphia and he became that pro that we all wanted him to be. The best thing about it is, he's able to come back to the New Orleans Saints organization, the organization that drafted him, and he's able to give back to guys like Marcus Williams, where Marcus Williams won't go down that same rabbit hole as Malcolm Jenkins. I don't think it's a coincidence that Malcolm Jenkins comes to the New Orleans Saints, all of a sudden Marcus Williams playing some of his best football at the safety position. I think mentorship means a lot within organizations. That's one of the main reasons why when people ask me about you know, the cornerback position, I always bring up people like Richard Sherman because I feel like you can never have enough leaders inside of your locker room, seasoned veterans, guys that have been there, that have done that, that have played in some of the biggest games that you can play in, that have been in some of the biggest moments that you can think of. And these guys can go out here and instill some of that knowledge and some of that, that ability inside of some of these younger players. Marcus Williams most likely is going to be the next to get paid. How much he's going to get paid that remains to be seen as of right now. I'm not in a business of p- counting people' pockets, but I think most likely Marcus Williams is going to be the next one to get paid, but I'm going to go ahead and go to the comments. But before I do, I asked everybody to give the state of the saints podcast a golden thumbs up. Let everybody know that you appreciate the show by giving a thumbs up, special shout out to everybody that donates to the state of the saints podcast. Thank you so much for making this show what it is. And, I really do appreciate it. But let's go ahead and get started. We are going to start with Dennis. Dennis says, fact, TJ, he would have been uh, signed ASAP. Absolutely, man. Marcus Williams wouldn't have lasted long. He would have been in that first tier free agents. He would have been up there with the Trey Hendricksons and some of these other guys that are out here, you know, that got signed relatively quickly. Uh, The Saints knew what they were doing with that the franchise tag on him as of right now the franchise tag is about 10 million dollars so if he doesn't sign uh he's going to get 10 million dollars so i know that players they don't want to play under the franchise tag because things happen guy get a season ending injury all of a sudden you know it it affects their pockets guys want a little bit more of a short thing but you keep guys like this around and and avoid other teams snatching these guys up because he would have been gone marcus williams has gotten a lot better he definitely improved a whole lot well the thing about it is lionel i don't feel like too much was wrong with marcus williams i think that marcus williams issues when it comes to us as fans was 2017 when he missed that tackle all of a sudden anything that marcus williams does wrong would be amplified right it's like andrews Pete, for example when Andrews Pete has a solid game, nobody says anything at all, right? But if he misses a tackle, it's amplified. You know what I'm saying? Because of the, the history of him in certain moments, looking crazy or falling on the ground or something like that. So a lot of people look at Marcus Williams and they base their opinions on 2017 for at least about two or the three years, two or three years that he's been in the league. They've been basing that on that because they're so upset That they felt like the Saints had that game in their hands, and because of that tackle, you know, it 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 messed everything up. It missed it. It it, it squandered the Saints' opportunity to possibly play in the NFC Championship game for a chance at the Super Bowl. So when people are looking at Marcus Williams, he can play solid for about four or five weeks at a time. Around week six, if he misses a tackle or he's not in a certain spot, all of a sudden, oh, he's sorry. He jumped. He's terrible. You know, like so. I think that a lot of our opinions on Marcus Williams was based on a little bit of anger. You know what I'm saying? That that anger from 2017. But as far as I'm concerned, Marcus Williams has always been a solid safety. He has always been really good. And I think sometimes we as fans don't allow these guys to develop. We don't look at these guys coming into the league having to learn to be professionals, having to learn to be pros. This guy came into the league when he was 20 years old. When Marcus Williams came into the league, he couldn't, even have, he couldn't even go to the bar and get a drink of alcohol. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy was young. This guy was inexperienced, and he still gave you five interceptions in his rookie season. So to me, I think we need to give these guys opportunity to develop and understand that mistakes are going to happen, but we shouldn't just base our opinions on a few messed up plays. And we definitely shouldn't be holding – him responsible for things that happened last year or two years ago but to me marcus williams has always been a pretty solid safety now he needed a little bit of help when it comes to the tackling which he admitted on his own we, we all can agree with but besides that he's been pretty solid man and i'm, I'm glad that he's developing into the safety that we expecting him to be jerry says even the espy awards was all right but they got the Suckers winning the best team award i changed the channel to avoid that who that nation y'all know well, look, they won a the Super Bowl, Jerry, and that's just something that we're just going to have to come to grips with. Seriously, we're going to have to come to grips with the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. We got to deal with it, folks. Hey, I know it's a tough pill to swallow. We watch our team, the New Orleans Saints, beat these guys twice in a regular season, and we're watching a team that we beat twice, the second time we dominated, hoist the Lombardi Trophy. And I get it. It's a tough pill to swallow, and in the back of your mind, you're like, That team was not better than the Saints. But on that Sunday, they were a better team than the Saints. And that's nothing we can do about it. What we can do is just focus on the future. The Saints have a bright future. They have a lot of young players that can get them to where they need to be. And the Saints have to focus on not only beating the Buccaneers, but beating all the other teams in order for them to get a a playoff spot for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I don't care anything about the SB Awards. I don't care about Tampa being the team of the year. I'm focused on what this team can do in 2021. Can they find success post Drew Brees? Uh, Mark says, uh, I say uh, Marcus Williams, but I do have the same opinion on Lattimore. He's the best corner since I've been a fan. But Williams is what, 24 years old? Not even close uh, to him, uh, t- close to his prime, and he's only going to get better. Yeah, that's true, and, and that's what I just alluded to. He's only going to get better from what we actually see right now, and when we can see the little, we can see the little nuances of of success and becoming a much better pro when we watch Marcus Williams. Well, at least I can. I don't know about everybody else. I don't want to put words in other people's mouth, but as for me, I can see it. Eric says, I've been a Saints fan since 1967. Marshawn Lattimore is the best cornerback the Saints ever had. Well, to me, he is. You know, I'm pretty sure some other people can bring up some guys. And, you know, you got guys that are here. You're going to they're going to nitpick him to death. They're going to talk about, oh, he inconsistent, this, that and the third. But the fact that I watched a lot of Saints football over the last 30, I'll say 30 years of my life because I really started to appreciate the team when I was four uh it was it It was a train wreck and for some of those years even when the saints had successful football teams the cornerbacks were trash and now we feel like we got something to boast about and brag about and and complain about like come on man like the saints cornerback room was terrible back in the day horrible pathetic now all of a sudden like we we feel like we can nitpick cornerbacks and stuff like that man knock it off like, what are we trying to do here? What are we trying to prove? Like, this dude is really, really good. And he's one of those other guys. If the Saints wouldn't sign, he would get picked up the very the, the on the first day of free agency. He's that good. Regardless of if you want to agree with it or not, rather you want to roll your eyes or not, rather you want to nitpick play, plays or not. The dude is really, really good. He's a solid corner. The best thing we'd had when it comes to being stable at that position since. Man God knows how long. I say probably Jabari Greer or something like that. And even with Jabari Greer, he had some moments. So I, I just say, man, come on man, like we have to find the right things to complain about. Sometimes Saints fans, sometimes some of y'all bother me because you complain too damn much about the, the littlest things. Like sometimes you got to know how to pick your battles. Like we, it, it, you can't like you can't base your judgment from down to down, like have a legitimate argument. Where is the consistency in in what you're talking about? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, where is it? A lot of us got get so emotional when it comes to like first down, second down drive to drive. We expect them to score on every drive. If they don't, then something must be wrong. What's wrong with the team? What's happening? I'm mad. They need to get rid of this guy, that guy. Like some of us, like we, we complain too damn much. And sometimes, you know, what makes it bad, we don't know what to complain about sometimes. Like, we really don't. Some things aren't are worth complaining about. Some things need change. But there are other times when we're just so angry because we want certain things at that particular time and it's not happening. But that doesn't mean that we need to go in a completely different direction. That's something I feel as a Saints fan, I feel other Saints fans need to need to stop doing. If we still want to win a division games, we definitely desperately need Lattimore. Lattimore always show up in division games. Yeah, he definitely do. He show up in the playoffs. That's one thing we can say. He shows up in the playoffs. He handled his business in the playoffs. So. And, and in big moments, in big games, he shows up. You know? TJ, what's the market for safety right now in terms of going rate? I think between like 13 $12, 13000000 million or something like that. I wanna say. I wanna say maybe I wanna say about thirteen million dollars. I think the the is uh what the highest paid safety gets per year. I can't think of who it is. I, I can't think of who it is, but I I I read something and it said it was like between like thirteen million dollars. I think Winston is fitting uh for us uh fitting to surprise a lot of people. He wouldn't surprise me if he comes out here and plays well, you know, like. People just act like this dude is just straight slow or something. Like, he just awful. You know, like, I, I just don't get it. Like, I understand that we have our picks and chooses. I understand that we want, we got our taste some guys. We got our Ian Book guys. But Jameis is not a bad quarterback. He's not. Like, I feel like the circumstance that he was in, like, kind of caused a lot of the issues and and problems and, you know, shortcomings in his career earlier. You know, because he went to an organization like Tampa that were trying to uh build something. Uh I just think that people between the 30 interceptions and the fact that Tampa won a Super Bowl this year, a lot of people feel like, oh, they just need to get rid of Jameis. But that was not the same team Tampa Bay had. That was not the same signal caller that they had. They were not calling, they were not running the same plays. And I just feel like, you know, in a different circumstance, I feel like the coaching is gonna be different. And the circumstance is going to be different to a point where I feel like everything around Jameis is tailor made for him to succeed. So, and if, and if they didn't have anything to put play to his strengths, I know Sean Payton and his coaching staff will go out there and try to find it. Malcolm Jenkins saved Marcus Williams last year. Uh, I won't say he saved them, but I think that he, he probably was, you know, the, the, the mentor, to Marcus Williams, I feel like maybe that that extra guy that sees veteran that can see the field a little bit different uh than than uh, some of these younger players. I think that probably could help him, but Marcus Williams has always been good, and he's always been able to uh you know diagnose plays pretty well. Just what the tackling was' the issue the the physicality was the issue, but that don't seems to be a problem anymore. Marcus had a pick in a Vikings game that led to the comeback yep but of course we don't pay attention to that kent you know people only pay attention to you know the outcome you know they they didn't look at it that way you know the only thing that they can think of oh he missed that tackle and of course you know saying that's just something that people just can't get rid of marcus williams is a top three free safety in every state exactly and that's the reason why and i most likely uh he's gonna get paid next, and that's the reason why the Saints wanted the franchise tag. Uh Daniel says, facts in fact. Derek says, What up, TJ? Marshawn Lattimore is the best corner in Saints history. Uh he should get that bag next. Well, like I said, because he's so good, and the fact that I feel like he has a lot of leverage, I think it's gonna take it's gonna take the Saints a little bit longer to negotiate his contract, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a much of a smoother process when it comes to Marcus Williams. It's always a little bit of a a tussle when it comes to like top corners, you know, it's always kind of a a bidding war unless, you know, a team just, I mean, they just look at this guy and be like, okay, man, we just need to go ahead and pay him. Even with people like Jalen Ramsey, you know, when it came to the, uh, you know, with the Jaguars, it it was a little bit of a, a a tug of war. I mean, is always that issue when it comes to the cornerbacks, but I'm pretty sure they'll get it done. Keen Arthur, you call uh, me baby, okay? How you doing today? Nikhil, uh, I'm from New Orleans. Just how we talk. Ask TJ. <laughs> uh, Laddie, Daddy should be uh, the neck, uh, the bag next. He should be, but like I said, it's probably going to be some issues uh, when it comes to the the, the negotiations. Gabriel says, what do you think about uh Miraculous uh and Williams? Uh let's see, AF is a game that couldn't uh have failed. I'm sorry if I wrote incorrectly, learning English. Uh what do I think about? Am I are you saying Marcus Williams? And are you saying uh March on Lattimore Marcus Williams? I'm not too sure, Gabriel. Um, I'll tell you what I think about him though. Uh let's see. I want to make sure that I'm trying to make this as, you know, understand this correctly as a game that couldn't have failed. I'm sorry if I wrote, Uh, what do I think about the Minneapolis miracle? I assume that's what you're saying. The Minneapolis miracle, uh, if the game, you know, if it didn't happen. Uh, Well, if if it didn't happen, I'm trying to see if I understand you Gabriel, but if, if the Minneapolis miracle didn't happen, I feel like people would look at Marcus Williams completely different. Do I think the Saints would have beat Philadelphia? Probably not. I, I mean, it, it, there's, a, there's a possibility. But I just feel like uh, Philadelphia was stacked. I definitely feel like they wouldn't have ran the Saints out of the building like they did in Minnesota. But um, I, I, I think they probably would have lost to Philadelphia, but they would have at least went to the NFC championship game in back-to-back years. Uh, I know I should say this on here, but who is single? And Nikayla always shoot that shot. <laughs> we can find a safety better than Marcus. <laughs> Nikayla ain't afraid to shoot that shot here on the State of the Saints podcast. <laughs> the playoff, thank you very much uh, for the $2 says. Uh, we be fearing Lattimore. <laughs> I, I believe that. I believe that. He plays best. He plays football. He plays best football in the postseason. And that's, that's the best you can act for, you know, for your best players to step up in, in key moments jabari grill was pretty good too latimore is at the top yeah jabari grill was good jabari grill was solid was he like elite like up upper echelon no but he was solid something like you don't necessarily need an elite corner if you find one great great finding that unicorn but if you get yourself two solid cornerbacks you can win some football games every team is not going to have elite cornerbacks Jabari, Jabari Greer and Tracy, Tracy Porter were solid cornerbacks. You know, to me, I feel like Lattimore is a little bit above above solid. You know what I'm saying? I think he's I think he's good, borderline elite. You know, and I think like if he like continuously balls out week after week, he will be elite. That's the only thing that's separating him from being in that conversation, you know. Uh, I don't care about the sucking ears, Falcons and most definitely the black panties <laughs> to say about our team. All I want to know is to win a 2021 season for show sure, who that for life. If Jameis Winston is making a perfect uh, quarterback, we'll be fine. Well, look, I don't care. I don't, I'm not concerned about what other teams are doing. Um, I'm more focused on what this team is doing. Like Jeremiah said, like if, if we so focused on what the other team is doing, then, you know, then we're not doing our job. You know, you, you want to you want to build your team to be successful, you know, and you don't need to be looking at what other teams are doing. If you feel like your recipe is working and has been successful over these last few years, minus, you know, the, the Super Bowl appearance. So I don't think the Saints really have to look at nobody. TJ does five year, 40 million dollars sound like logical to you for Lattimore or Williams? Uh, Probably somewhere like Williams or uh, Lattimore, I think going to be a little bit more than that. I think that probably Lattimore probably gonna get a three year deal. He probably, you know what I'm saying, get like three years. Uh, Yeah, about three years probably. If he gets a five year deal, it'd have to be well, like between seven to eighty million dollars. So I can see him getting like maybe like a three year deal, you know, three year deal, uh, maybe like 17 a year or something like that. I can see him doing something like that, you know, because I want to say like Ramsey and them making like 19. So between like 16, 17 a year, for like three years would probably be suffice for him. You know, when we're talking about five years, they have to be a little bit more than that. Jabari and Marshawn are the best uh, cornerbacks we have. Yeah, I, I would say that in my lifetime. I'm pretty sure somebody else can come up with some other ones. Uh, ATJ, why they keep uh, putting dirt on, on our team? Uh, they don't believe in our team. I just went on one of them talk shows well look i mean look i'm not concerned about that either you know i know that i keep on saying this but i don't worry about what the national media says about the saints you know i, I get it you know like nobody expects for them to win you know like for them you know nobody expects for them to do anything without drew Brees because that's what's been told to the masses and you know no disrespect to any of the media folk out there but um some of these media folk are lazy as hell. Like, they don't try to do their due diligence. They they take cliff notes. They take some of the, like, the, the main topics, and they run with it because maybe they're too busy trying to figure out what Tom Brady going to eat for lunch and, you know what I'm saying, how, how short game is in golf. I don't know. But um, there's some really good football teams in the National Football League, and if the media isn't doing their due diligence, some of them, not all of them, some of them really do their due diligence and they really believe what they're saying. You know, they ain't wearing. they they not uh trying to get that intern from University of Michigan or Northwestern to uh you know give them all these different notes in order for them to sound credible. You got some out there that's really working hard to give you all the information. And I know because I'm one of them. You know, I don't get behind the mic and lie to anybody. I give my opinion. Some people get ticked off by some of the things I say, but I can care less. Rather you know where I stand than for you to just think that I'm just out here throwing a whole bunch of nonsense out here. Uh, I feel like that's uh, really doing your, your your public a disservice. Uh, I feel like that's disingenuine. Uh I feel like that's pretty nefarious. And uh, anybody that's doing that, they need to stop it. Um, the New Orleans Saints, to me, um, I've been following this team, like I said, for like 30 years. Um, I've been in broadcasting since 2011, 10 years. Uh, I've been doing the show since 2018. And um, I know something about the New Orleans Saints. And I, I know for a fact this is a good football team, And people can come up with these different narratives and stuff like that all they want to, but I know that this is a good football team. And even though Drew Brees is no longer with the team, I still feel like this team is, is built for success. Period. Juan says, what is your take on the Saints picking up Richard Sherman? Uh, Juan kind of touched on that a little bit uh, earlier. I think that it would be a good idea for the New Orleans Saints to pick up uh, Richard Sherman for his leadership qualities and, what he can do on the field. Uh, Is Richard Sherman the same with Richard Sherman from back in the day? No, he's not. But he still has something left in the tank and he has a lot of information he can share with some of these younger players that can help them become better pros, uh, you know, better players in general. So I would love to have him on the team. I mean, this guy been in big moments. He's been in the Super Bowl on on three different occasions. And, uh, you know, I think that I think that he would be a good fit for the New Orleans Saints. TJ, what's uh, the likelihood we sign the entire 2017 draft class to extensions? Well, uh, King Arthur, that's uh, virtually impossible there because Alex Azalone is no longer here. Trey Hendrickson is no longer here. So you can't sign, you know, that. But if you're talking about the, like, the core players, the ones that, like, the Lattimore's and Williamses and guys like that, yeah, you know, I think they're going to sign – I think these are going to be the last two guys that they actually signed from that 2017 class. So, yeah, I, I feel like they, these guys are going to get signed. Marcus Williams, Ramchek, Lattimore, uh, who do you think uh, will be a bargaining chip? Uh, none of them. <laughs> none of them. You know, like, I, I think that all of them are going to get signed. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of, none of these guys are going anywhere, in my opinion. Uh, they, they franchise tag Marcus Williams cause they want to keep him. Lattimore. They're going to try to resign him. I don't see, like, I don't, I don't see, I don't see no reason why all three of these guys won't get signed. I, I just don't. I just don't like, I, I just feel that these guys are going to get signed and it's safe to say that Lattimore owns Mike Evans. That's the, that's an understatement. TJ, the best cornerback since Lattimore was Delvin. Bro, he he uh don't roast too bad. Roderick, look, I'm not look, I ain't got nothing against Delvin, bro. Delvin Bro is a man, I, I like Delvin Bro, man. Shouts out to him, man. Um, I won't say that we friends, but we, you know what I'm saying? We cordial, you know what I'm saying? Like interact with each other on social media and stuff like that. I ain't got nothing against Delvin. Delvin is out here, man, living his best life. It, you know, he's selling his book, and you know, he's also always always putting out positive energy. I'm not, I ain't got nothing against Delvin, bro. Uh, I, I think that the doctor for the New Orleans Saints kind of screwed that man over and uh m- put this label on this guy like he was out there quitting. But in reality, his leg was broke. And uh it's sad, you know, it's sad uh, that that happened because regardless to what the NFL says and does, th- there's still this, this good old boy system that goes on in the National Football League. When, when one team you know, get rid of a guy, you, you trust and believe that these other teams are, are conversing with one another and asking a question, like, why are you getting rid of these guys? And even, you know what I'm saying? And don't be like, well, it's a competitive advantage. No, because you have coaches out here that are friends with other coaches, been best friends, been coming up to college ranks, high school ranks together. And these guys talk and, I just feel like, you know, there was some sabotage stuff going on right there. If you if you ever heard an interview with Delvin Bro, I have to say some sabotage stuff was going down because you can't tell me that uh Delvin Bro wasn't good enough to play on nobody's team even if it wasn't the Saints. Even if even if the Saints cut him, release him or whatever, that he's not good enough to play on somebody else's team. Uh, that that's that's ridiculous. Man, this guy is a like a legend in uh, Canadian football. I want to say they retired, you know what I'm saying? They put them like, I don't, don't want to say in the Hall of Fame, but they they definitely uh, gave him some type of award or something like that uh, in Canadian football. I can't think of what it is, but the dude was solid. And, you know, like the, the, the story of Delvin Bro was nothing more than, you know, heartwarming and motivational. I, I feel like some sabotage uh, the fix was in for that dude. You know, like if the Saints couldn't keep him, look, fine, okay, it happens. Guys get released and teams go in a different direction every year. For for Delvin Bro not to be able to play on nobody else's team, nah. I, I mean, I seen this dude lock up. I seen this dude lock up Julio Jones. If you locking up Julio Jones in a football game, guess what? You deserve to be playing on somebody's team. It don't get no better than Julio. And and Julio was in his prime. Uh Malcolm didn't uh save Marcus. Dude was making plays before Malcolm got there. He did need a bit of work on tackling technique, but dude is a dog ask Calvin Ridley. Yeah. I think he just has some issues with his tackling. And now if he's work, if he works on that, he'll be better. I think we have to sign Lattimore than uh than Williams, but I think the Saints will do it uh the opposite and franchise Lattimore next year? Uh, hmm. I don't know. I don't think so. I think the Saints want to go ahead and get this, this done right now. But they are going to sign Marcus Williams before Lattimore. That's just my opinion. I mean, because you really don't have to work against the clock with Lattimore because they picked up his fifth-year option. So you he, he still got that fifth-year option out there right now. Now, teams want to be able to give these guys contract extensions – within their fifth year when they're trying to keep these guys and when you got a guy on a franchise tag you definitely want to go out here and try to negotiate with this guy because you don't want this guy to go out here and be playing ticked off you know or you know uh, these, these agents really don't want these players to go out here playing on the franchise tag I mean too much is at stake. one bad play and you and, and your career is over you know one bad play you, you out for the year and you're dealing with a season-ending injury coming back, and and trying to negotiate a contract, you you have very little leverage. Keep in mind, who that nation? It's about leverage, man. When you're negotiating contracts, it's about leverage. You want to be able to uh, be able to leverage yourself and, and be able to get a lot of the, the incentives and the perks in your favor. You don't want to be at the mercy of other teams because we know nine times out of ten the team is going to do what's best for the team and not the player. Uh can I ask for a favor, please, sir? Can you do your podcast wrestling on Paul Ornorth? Mr. Wonderful has passed away at 71 years old today. Wow, man. Uh rest in peace to Mr. Wonderful Paul Ornorth. Uh definitely familiar with Mr. Wonderful. Uh he was part of the uh one of the first WrestleManias. You know what I'm saying? Like um, you know, it, it was uh Roddy Piper and uh Paul Ornorth against Hulk Hogan and Mr. T uh you know so i mean paul or everybody know he had like a little bit of issues and stuff like that uh he had like some type of uh, muscular disease you know i don't know some of y'all probably remember he had like one arm that was bigger than another paul or man i mean this guy in his prime i mean one of the most i mean one of the most amazing physical specimens that you're ever going to see i remember when he was in wcw uh with Pretty Paul Roma, and it was called Pretty Wonderful, man, back in the day. Uh, so rest in peace to Mr. Wonderful Paul Ornorth. And uh I know he they said he was sick a couple weeks ago, but that's uh that's pretty sad, sad right there. But that's what happened when you get older, man. Some of these people that you're familiar with, you grew up watching, uh, you know, you grew up seeing they unfortunately they passed away. I even heard uh Terry Funk was uh battling with dementia, uh, according to uh Don Morocco. So you know, I mean, it's tough, man. TJ, do you think uh strong safety to take the reins after Malcolm retires, especially if Williams stays at free safety? Well, uh, to me, if that's the case, Keen Arthur, you're probably going to see CJ Garner Johnson go to the strong safety position and probably take over that permanently. And you probably see the Saints end up drafting another guy in a cornerback position and playing that nickel role. So. The Saints are Saints are straight, you know what I'm saying? I just think that they want to keep Malcolm around. CJ does a good job in a nickel, but I think if uh Malcolm leaves, they're probably gonna end up putting, they're gonna end up putting CJ Garner Johnson in his, his original role of a strong safety. But I want to remind everybody that the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by manscaped.com. Manscaped.com, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. Go to Manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of your purchase on all male grooming items from Manscaped. So thank you so much to Manscaped.com for being an official sponsor of the State of Saints podcast. Once again, that promo code is State of Saints. No matter if you're spending $100 or $10, you'll be able to save 20% off. Uh, I ain't like that dude because he groped and uh, oh, man. Look, check this out. I'm, I'm, Mark. I love you, man. But I think it's time to, I think it's just time for us to just put this stuff to bed, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying, look, I, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not sitting up here trying to judge somebody based on something that they did because. I never did anything like that, but there's stuff, I've I said this before, that's required people to say I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? And no, I'm not an advocate for sexual assault. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you shouldn't put your hands on a woman. No means no. I, I think everybody here knows that. But um, holding this stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, and I don't know, man. People are not perfect people are not perfect man people are gonna make mistakes people do things and and sometimes man you know I don't know man it, it just i, I want I, I give people the opportunity to better themselves because I don't want nobody to judge me based on what I've done in the past you know what I'm saying I'm, I'm far from a perfect person I'm far from a perfect person I'm I made mistake I continue to make mistakes you know but I don't want anybody to judge me based on some of the, the low points of my life. And I, I hate to say it, but who the hell am I to judge anybody? Like seriously, who who am I? Who am I to judge anybody in this world? Like I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody makes mistakes, and I just feel like when we just like you did this, you did this, like I don't know, man. Like I'm not, I haven't reached that level of perfection just yet. You know what I'm saying? Like my grandfather always talked about this song says. I'll never reach perfection, but Lord, I try, okay? I mean, I'll never get there. I'll never be perfect. I will never be Job. So I'm not sitting around here judging people based on that stuff, man, because I don't want anybody to judge me. I don't want nobody to judge me, man. You know, think about this, man. We all done some some bad things in our lifetime. You know, some of us did some things like if somebody brought it up, it might make us change our opinions about, what we feel about each other would you want people to keep would, would you want people to constantly remind you of that particular low point in your life if you have changed probably not so my opinion to, my, my opinion to everybody out there let's just stop judging folks let's just stop doing it man like you have your reservations about them fine but you know just remember that, that we all have skeletons in our class. Some of us, if we open a closet, skeleton's falling all about that thing, okay? You know, so keep that in mind. DeWine says that was our problem in the playoffs. We lost against teams who uh, we were better than. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the frustrating thing about DeWine. that we lost to teams that we were better than. But huh, it's unfortunate, but we're still here, still in 2021, still saying who that, still being optimistic going into the 2021 season. Moose says homegirl needs to go to a dating show, bro. (laughs) Moose, uh, hey, look, ain't nothing wrong with that, man. We here at the State of the Saints podcast have accumulated over 64,000 subscribers, been downloaded 1.9 million times. And, you know, we're all on different platforms. We got 20,000 followers on Facebook page. And so, you know, somebody out there got to be single. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) if you can find love, and find information about the Saints, why not? <laughs> man, TJ, soon as you said Jabari Greer, I instantly got a visual of him. i extending his knee. Yeah, that was nasty. That was nasty right there. Ooh. Why you brought that up, man? <laughs> we would have beat Philadelphia. It was Minnesota that was the only team that I was worried about in that whole playoffs. I don't know about that, uh, Big Sean. I don't know if we would have beat them or not. Um, I just think that they were just their year, man. Hard for me not to say that because they won. <laughs> uh, I bet they wouldn't uh, like it if Jameis won a Super Bowl with us. Um, oh, who are we talking about here? We talking about the media? We talking about Saints fans? Who we talking about? Just saying, woman and football is uh, a good look. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shout out to all the all the female. Uh, Lovers of football. Uh, I think if our defense is as good as it has been over the past four years, offensively we'll be good enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think the defense has to be the catalyst. This year. You know, we've been relying so much on offensive football that, you know, you got to take that time for, for the offense to develop. And in the process, the defense has to step it up. TJ, there's no sense in our team barking when we have real dogs. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, ain't no need for all that, man. These guys don't even, like, let that stuff bother them. I don't really see too many guys on social media talking, going back and forth some of these other fans and teams. And I think that's probably what makes, you know, a lot of these these teams and fans of these teams mad, that they can't get under the skin of of Saints, uh, of Saints uh, players and fans like that, because they can't kill our morale. You know what I'm saying? They can't kill our love for the team. Even though he's well-known as an eagle, don't forget Eric Allen wore black and gold and made the Pro Bowl, uh, but Dave Whammer, uh was the first. Toy Cook was decent, too, just throwing that out there uh, to the young ones. Uh, Eric Allen, I'm sorry, don't need to be nowhere near this conversation as one of the best cornerbacks for the Saints. Philly, yeah, he was pretty good. Uh, Bobby Bell, my good friend Bobby like <laughs> I mean, so um, I wouldn't put him in that category. Toy Cook, I was – I, I was young but i knew who he was dave w- uh, waymer is uh one of those guys i think he played like in the 80s if i'm not mistaken but he he holds i think he he holds that title for the best uh cornerback in saints history dave waymer so i'll put him up there toy cook but eric allen eric allen all i have to say about that is uh hell no to the no no no. Hell to the no no sir no i'm sorry <laughs> i love you though damien but uh eric allen don't need to be in that conversation man no sir. what up tj some nasty severe weather is going on over here Ramsey, don't you stay in north carolina i, I think Ramsey stays in north carolina if i'm not mistaken Ramsey, where, where you stay i want to say he stays in north carolina because hey, we had some bad weather came through here too so maybe it's coming your way tj reasons why they doubt us because drew is uh, gone and we lost some players in free agency bottom line so I can't wait until the season starts. Yeah, I mean, look, they they have hyped up the Saints all these years saying that Drew Brees is the is-all, be-all of the Saints. And uh, when it came a time when he actually wasn't, the, the media didn't make the adjustment. That's the reason why I'm telling people right now, as much as I have respect for some members of the media who work hard, there's some out there that are lazy. And some of these guys, unfortunately, the ones that are lazy – are the ones that we hear every single day, right? Because they're getting their they're getting their cliff notes and they're getting their and, and their information from producers that are in their headsets and these interns that's burned the midnight oil to stay up to give them points to make them sound like they know exactly what they're talking about. It's lazy, you know. Like if you haven't had an appreciation of how good this team has been, then you're blind. Drew Breeze has missed nine games in the last two years, and the Saints have went eight and one. So as far as I'm concerned, they're not doing their due diligence. If you're, if the narrative is what you're saying is the New Orleans Saints aren't as good without Drew Brees, then you haven't been watching the New Orleans Saints over the last couple of years because they have been winning and they've been playing much better when Drew Brees has been out of the lineup. If you want to be honest, defense has played better Offense, offensively. He ran the ball more effectively and the team plays more cohesively. So to me... If you're not paying attention to that, then you're not doing your job. Hey, TJ, I just finished my 50-50 workout a few minutes ago. Well, that's good to hear, Rudy. Um, I went to the uh, gym a little bit earlier today, uh, did a little bit of bench pressing, man, stayed about 25 minutes on the treadmill, so trying to get in shape, man, trying to get in shape, trying to sweat it out. TJ, I honestly think Paulson Adibo and Keith Washington Jr. can't take the number two corner spot. If given the opportunity, well, look, I, I like to see what Key Washington Jr. can do. I don't think he's been talked about enough. I think he's a rangy uh, cornerback. The only thing about him is he's a little bit small. Um, I think he gained a little bit of weight. Um, looking at you know him on social media, it looked like he done gained a little bit of weight and gained a little bit of muscle. So that's going to help him out. And Paulson Adebo, I think that uh, he's going to be a really good, solid corner for the New Orleans Saints as long as he stays healthy. You know that that's the important thing what a lot of people don't realize is that Sean Payton is a better coach than Bill Belichick um I I don't know about that no I, I have to disagree I'm sorry like I know I know Sean Payton is a New Orleans Saints coach and some of y'all are probably gonna get mad at me for saying this but I don't think that he is uh we have seen Sean Payton for years uh hold on to stuff way too long uh in my opinion Sean Payton knows more about football than I will ever know, but I feel like he holds on to coaches too long, holds on to players too long. Bill Belichick runs his team, and he's not afraid to make those tough decisions for the betterment of the team. This dude got rid of the, the arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, okay? Like, this guy is not afraid to go out here and cut guys and bring guys in and know who to pay, when to pay them, How long to keep him around? I I don't see that from Sean Payton. And then on top of that, in crucial moments, and crucial situations, I see Bill Belichick making those adjustments. Sean Payton from time to time in in those crucial situations, uh, I just feel like, you know, he doesn't make the right decisions. Now, I am a huge Sean Payton fan. Sean Payton, the greatest coach the New Orleans Saints have ever had. He's one of the best coaches in the league. You can say top three, top five, depending on how you're looking at it but he is not a better coach than bill Belichick. He is not. I'm sorry. That's just a fact. He is not a better coach than bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is arguably the greatest coach of all time. And Sean Payton, uh, he's probably like a couple more wins away from making a hall of fame. Uh, But bill Belichick, he can retire tomorrow and he'll, he'll be a first ballot hall of fame. You know, like he's not better. I'm sorry. He's not better. He's not better than um, bill Belichick. I'm not even going to lie about that. And I'm I'm you and I look, I love my saints, but we gonna, we going to keep it 100 here on the state state podcast. I I I no, nah, nah, I can't do it. Uh what do you think about our, our team going to the top of the NFC South division leader in 2021? Jeremiah, uh if they do that's fine, but that's not a deal breaker for me. I don't care. Um I don't care, man. I don't care about the division. Y'all know where I stand some, some of these uh, comments that I'm making, is, I sound like a parakeet. I'm just being serious, man. I don't care about the division. I don't care about the division. I need to make some shirts that say I don't care about the division because I do not care <laughs> about the division. What I care about is the Saints making a playoffs and making a deep run. I don't care if they win a division or they don't. As long as they make the playoffs and they go out here and they get a deep run into the playoffs for a chance at the Super Bowl. We sh- It has been shown That winning the division when it comes to New Orleans Saints has not done anything, right? You know what I'm saying? The Saints have had the one seed loss, two seed loss, three seed loss, and they won the division in those three years. So, as far as I'm concerned, I could care less about a division title. I'm serious. I don't care about division title no more. You know what I'm saying? The division title, you can't hang your hat on it. You know what I'm saying? It it look, it's a good T-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's cool and all. You know what I'm saying? You win in the division, but at the end of the day, man, that's, I don't care about that. I care about them winning it all. That's right, TJ. Just like Eddie Murphy said in Raw, some of us have so, so many skeletons, if they open a the closet, a whole bunch of bones will fly out. Exactly. You know? That's why I don't try to judge nobody, man. I don't. I don't, I don't try to judge anybody because I don't want nobody to judge me. You shouldn't judge people, man. You know, like I just think that when we do that, we, we put ourselves in almost like elite, holier than thou territory, you know, and I, I'm not on that level yet. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to reach that level, you know, but I, I don't think I ever will attain it. So it's just best for me to just live my life and 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 let people live theirs. And they will make mistakes and probably call for them to apologize. And I don't think I'm done apologizing yet. I plan on living for a long time. It rains every day in New Orleans, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> because it's hurricane season, man. It's hurricane season. Uh man, just thinking about Eric Allen triggering my 1993 playoff loss. PTSD was in the dome that day. Damn it, <laughs> Candy. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't uh Cajun Cannon's uh brightest moment right there. But hey man, I still love the Caden Cannon, man. Shouts out to Bobby Bell. We're gonna try to get him back on the show man when he's not busy and shout out to my guy man my good friend mike detille man he's gonna be working with wwl uh, alongside christian garrett and and bobby Abel. all i can say to christian garrett is uh, a <laughs> good good luck getting the word in my friend my goodness that when those two get together I, I don't know where christian gonna fall in <laughs> i don't know where you gonna fall in that christian i don't know man but uh man, uh, look, Mike the TA, man, he's one of my favorite people in the world, man. Like, honestly, like, Mike is, man, like, Mike is such a genuine person, man. Like, what, like, di- it's not a facade. Like, I'm I'm telling you, it, like, not like some people you hear on the, like, he is that way in front of the camera and behind the camera. Like, I've talked to him, like, like, when we're finished, like, when we di- do, like, live shows and we wrap up, we'll talk, like, another 10, 15 minutes. And um, man, he's just a great guy to talk to, a great storyteller, man. So shouts out to Mike, man. Shouts out to Mike. Good, good man, one of my favorite people. Hey, TJ, I know people laugh at uh Ken Crawley, but the year he started opposite dude played out of his mind. Yeah, his rookie year, he played pretty good. I don't know what happened after that. I don't know, man. I don't know if uh, you know, uh the stars came off Mormon Mountain and took his talent away and he never the same again i don't know if like uh kevin Durant on dunderstruck somebody took a basketball and zapped all his talent i don't know what's going on with that but uh man but he just wasn't the same uh, he's a good special teams player and that's the reason why the saints decided to sign him back so makes sense to me he he was good and solid on special teams and also if you if you have somebody go down he can come in and you know he knows the system so i'm not mad at that I can't wait to see what Pete Warner does. I'm thinking he will start. Yeah, I think he's going to start, too. Can't be a second-round pick and, you know, not start, especially at a position like that. So I can see him starting. TJ, just changed the podcast to state of everything podcast. <laughs> state of the everything. everything. Uh, nah, man, this is still state of the Saints podcast. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't control the direction of the show. I just answer the questions of what I see. The show is Saints Dominant, so it always will be the state of the Saints podcast. But, you know, I mean, if a person asks a question and I know the answer, I have a I can make a comment about it. Why not? You know, that's what makes this show so special, man. I mean, I don't know what direction it's going to go in and it makes it fun for me. It makes it fun for me, man, that, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't know what direction this show is going to go in. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I start off talking about Marcus William Marshawn Lattimore's contract. Then I start talking about Paul Ornorf, you know, so you never know. But I enjoy this show and I enjoy, you know, the direction that it goes in. I think that we have a lot of fun here, you know, no matter what the conversation is. I'm sorry Sean Payton uh, does tick me off. Yeah, I mean, from time to time he does because, I mean, we wonder to ourselves, like, what was he thinking on that plate? I think sometimes, like, Sean Payton overthinks certain situations. I th- I think he gets in his own way sometimes, you know. I think that – he makes things uh more complicated than what they gotta be. I mean, that's just my honest opinion. But he's still a great coach. Still a great coach. Uh, I'm assuming he has a decent forty time. If we're talking about we'll be talking about Pete Warner here. TJ, uh, what are your top five must do's for our offense and defense? Uh, I have to think about that one, Keen Arthur. I, I would just be throwing stuff out there. May I'll be able to have a, a, a answer for your next show. I'll just be throwing stuff out there. If, if I was to say that right now, and and I don't want to do that, I want to make sure I give you a genuine answer. So I have an answer. Just just ask me that same question next episode, and I guarantee you, I have an answer for you. Uh, who that? I'm excited for this season, no matter who, what, when, where. I want the Super Bowl. Well, Seth understands his pronouns, <laughs> and I, I echo, echo your sentiments, my friend. Seth, uh, I, I definitely want that that Super Bowl, man. Whether Aaron Rodgers started or not, Saints will destroy the Packers to open up the season. Jerry with with the enthusiasm right there. I like that, man. I don't know if they'll destroy them, but I think that they can win. I think think the Packers and the Saints are very evenly matched. They're an evenly matched football team. Like, I I, I think that those two teams right there are probably mirrors of one another. What's good, TJ? Uh, Bro, Ben had to just check in with you. I'll let you know I went to New Orleans for the fort uh, for my first time in the city. It was so lit. I didn't want to leave, man. Well, Zell, man, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. Uh, New Orleans is definitely uh, one of the best cities uh, in the United States, man. Love my hometown. Love the people. You know, I I love the culture and I'm I'm glad you had a great experience, man. And hopefully go back down there again and have even better time than last time. Man, TJ, I might take my division title shirts and give them away. I've had it with this regular season chips. Um, look, I don't give them away, Eugene, but it just it just makes you want something more because you know that this team is capable of, of the success that we all want, which is a Super Bowl title. I, I will not say, you know, throw your shirts away, but I do feel like at this particular stage that the division title is a tad overrated. And I think every Saint fan should agree with that hey tj i did not tell you eric allen was an all-time great as a saint i said the guy made the pro bowl for the first year it's only three cornerbacks in saints history that did that uh yeah i guess you can give him credit for that but and i will say that that was during the time where the pro bowl actually meant something so i'll give him credit for that but i will say this i think that a lot of his uh i think a lot of the the eric allen mystique came from him playing in Philly. And Philly was such a big market. And when he came to New Orleans, people probably seen him on a ballot and probably wasn't watching the Saints like that. But they like, hey, it's Eric Allen. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's that's just the way I look at it. Sometimes, like, when guys go to other places, they made their mark and made their name at, at some other place. And they may not be the same player they was at that original place, but they they, they carry that name, you know, and and teams uh, and 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 media people and players that give them the benefit of the doubt for what they actually did so i think that was like one of those situations when it came to eric allen the reason why i feel like he actually made uh the pro bowl between them two cannon uh let me see two cajuns christian gonna be quiet uh drinking tea in the middle yeah man those two good they get together man them them guys can talk (laughs) WWE radio will be entertaining with those three personalities my goodness yeah, man, that, that definitely is going to be very, very entertaining. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. That's always been a dream of mine to work for WWL. That's that's always been a dream of mine, and I still feel, feel like it's attainable. You never know, never know what my career is going to end up, ladies and gentlemen, who that nation. But that's that's my dream. My dream has always has been to work for WWL Radio and to do what those guys are doing, like Christian and and you know and and Cannon and. You know and Mike, you know, stuff like that. Shouts out to my guy Mark Menard, man. That's that's another one of my guys that work for WWL. Uh, you, y'all probably heard him on the show a couple of times, man. He's been on him I'm gonna try to get my guy back. Shouts out to Mark if he's checking out this show. State of the Mac, <laughs> state of the Mac podcast, matchmaking supreme. <laughs> well, I, I ain't I ain't matchmaking. I'm the, the chat is matchmaking. I ain't got nothing to do with that, man. So I guess if you shoot your shot, man, you know, you never know. You never know. You might be Steph Curry or you might be Ben Simmons. Get in with your <laughs> TJ, glad you're doing doing your walking. The OG been walking since January. Yeah, man, I have to, man. I gotta, I gotta stay in shape. I gotta stay in shape, man. I I you know, dealing with you know type one diabetes and stuff like that, man, that stuff can like really mess with you and you can really get down. Like it really affects my mood. Sometimes, you know, because I mean I'll be I'll be real with y'all. You know, sometimes when, when you're dealing with stuff like this, it makes you think about your your, your immortality, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh it, it makes you think about uh, you know, how long you're gonna be here and stuff like that, and how you wanna be here. And I want to be here for a long time. And sometimes, you know, I when I think about that kind of stuff, it kind of gets me down. And it's hard to like, you know, stay motivated to do that, but Man, I plan on, like, really exercising and putting my best foot forward and, you know, keeping this, uh, these, this diabetes under control where I can continue to be doing shows like this until I'm old and gray. I can't do it no more. Uh, hey, TJ, I get the feeling that if the Saints don't sign a veteran cornerback, we will see Patrick Robinson start at cornerback opposite Lattimore to start the season. Uh, I doubt I doubt that. I doubt that. I think that the Saints are going to sign somebody. I just think that, you know, training camp hasn't started yet. Training camp hasn't started. Let's wait for training camp. That's when guys start to be more willing to sign because it's starting to get close to the season. So just because the Saints don't have anybody right now doesn't mean that they're not going to sign somebody. I would just say just let's see how training camp turns out. Michael Thomas is going to be a downfield threat, not just slants. with Jameis throwing the ball down the field. Yeah, I think he's going to be able to run more routes and people are going to start to give him more credit, which I don't feel like he needs any other credit. I think this guy's proven himself as being one of the best wide receivers in football. So in my humble estimation, uh, estimation uh, he's already an elite uh, wide receiver. I'd be saying that if I wasn't the Saints fan. If TJ ends up being the next, who uh, is it, was, it was a Hap, Hap Gaudy, we'll all be able to say, who knew him back then? Uh, Look, uh, well, I don't know who I'm going to be. I, I'd rather be just the first TJ Jones. You know, I, there's people that I idolize and look up to, but I like to say that I don't feel like I'm like anybody else. I don't think that anybody is like me. I feel like I'm unique when it comes to that. I like to think so. And uh, I take a lot of pride in that. You know, I, I, I like the fact that, you know, people, you know, can look at the podcast and they can see authenticity and I feel like they're looking at somebody else. And like I said, I take a lot of pride in that, man, you know? And I don't know if I got that person's name right. I don't even, I honestly don't even know what that is. <laughs> uh, can't wait to see the Black and Gold Breakdown podcast with you and Aaron, TJ. Yeah, me too, man. I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, speaking of which, man, I'm going to have uh, Jameis uh, one of one uh, on the show Friday, the State of Saints podcast. Some of y'all probably know who he is. He's a, a mystery a writer who has been following Jameis Winston's career since high school. And he's a guy that knows everything about, you know, the ins and outs of Jameis Winston and interested to get his uh, opinion on it. I mean, he's been on shows like from Barstool and so many other broadcasts. So Jameis want to want to be here. And uh want to give a special shout out to uh, Jameis Winston's dad, man, who actually uh, asked me to you know look him up. So. Shouts out to Jameis Winston's dad, man, who uh watches the show from time to time. So shouts out to him. I don't know if he's checking out this show, but salute to you, sir, Mr. Winston. Uh, appreciate that. And uh Jameis want to want to be here. Like I said, some of y'all may know who he is, but you do not want to miss. You do not want to miss this, man. He's a guy who, man, he followed Jameis Winston. He's been following them for a long time. So you might not want to miss that show. TJ, my company is doing the HBCU tour this year where well, we pop up on campus and do a big interactive art game event for the students. I believe we're going to hit an HBCU near you. Okay. Um, let's see. I, don't, I will have to say South Carolina state would be the closest HBCU to me. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it would be South Carolina state. That would, that would probably be the closest one. If y'all hear up Jackson state, man, let me know. <laughs> TJ, one of my favorite local sports shows is Inside New Orleans uh sports with Eric Asher. Uh, if you haven't saw it, keep it out. Uh he's on the local radio. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check him out, man. I mean, there's some guy, I man. I just I know like the legendary sports casters, man. You know, like Ed Daniels with WGNO and and Mike Hoss, who's now the the, the voice of the Saints, you know, who, who used to be a sports anchor, you know, guys like that. Those those are the guys that you know, I, I I grew up with Joe Trahan, you know, I mean? <laughs> like Ryan Sawada, you know what I'm saying? Guys like that. Those are the guys that I remember uh, growing up as a kid, the guys that I, I looked up to, man. It shouts out to uh, legendary anchors like Eric Paulson, Sal- Sally Ann Roberts, uh, you know, like people like that. You know, th- those are the people that, you know, that I remember. You know, those, those are the individuals. Warren Bell, John Snell. Y'all, come on, man. Those are the Bob Breck, Don Westbrook, Carl Oradondo, you know, shouts out to Sheba Turk, man, who, uh, taking over the morning show. Yeah. So man, people like that, you know, those are the people that I, I remember. Not so much Sheba Turk. I just know Sheba Turk because, you know, <laughs> cause of T-Bob always used to talk about on the show. <laughs> and I was like, man, who is Sheba Turk? That's how I found out she worked for WWL, but, um, yeah, man. But shouts out to all those legendary uh individuals, man. Those are the individuals I looked up to, watched every morning. I always used to check out uh WWL. Shouts out to the Iron Man of broadcasting, you know, man, come on, Frank Davis, man. Those are the people, you know, and and you know, Buddy D, Buddy Deliverto. Shouts out to Buddy D. Those those are the people that I recognize. TJ, I love football. NBA, LeBron James, I love him. Uh, I mean, look, I love football, too. Uh, LeBron James, look, he's he's an incredible athlete. I'm not the biggest LeBron James fan. Um, I mean, I think he's a spectacular basketball player. He's definitely the best player of his generation. But, um, yeah, I low-key think Saints going to be a top-five offense, but the defense a question mark well we'll see we'll see we'll see jackson state is definitely on the list along with hbcus in our home state yeah I'm gonna check that out man make sure you send video if you go out to jackson state ron sawota you took me all the way back uh to my first day as a fan yeah man you <laughs> you remember when ron sawota and <laughs> got into it if you haven't seen it just just type in uh, ron sawota and <laughs> Jim Moore, they got into it at training camp one time. That was funny. That was that was hilarious. Yeah, man. Baron Ron a former baseball player, man, follow the, you know, follow the team, man. Look, I, I tell y'all, man. Look, I, man, like, I, I know about these guys. Man, I know about Nash Roberts. When every time used to have hurricane season, Nash Roberts used to come through, and he he have like none of this computer technology. This dude would tell you where a hurricane was coming from with with a chalkboard. You know. What I'm Naz Robert used to be on it, man. Don Westbrook was the the was the weatherman when I was growing up as a kid. Him and Bob Breck, uh, I want to say who else was? Man, uh, it was a guy on WGN though. I can't think of his name, man. But those were the guys that Bruce Katz, yeah, Bruce Katz used to be the uh, the weather guy. But uh, Sally and Roberts, Eric Paulson, man, those were the people I grew up watching. Um. Let me see, I'm gonna read a few more, then we're gonna get up out of here. Um okay, I don't know exactly what that is, but that was for Jerry. Uh, what do you think about CJ Garner Johnson saying uh, Jameis is the quarterback? I think that he he just telling everybody who you know who he feels should be the starter. What are your thoughts on Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor situation? Uh I have no thoughts about that. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just being serious, and I'm I'm not doing this as a cop out, man uh John I'm 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 not you know what I'm saying I'm not doing this as a as a as a cop out I just feel like um I just don't have no opinion on it <laughs> like uh get money um I can understand both people's standpoint you know I really can I can understand from both perspectives uh number one uh ESPN they do have some issues when it comes to like certain practices there it's no surprise I've heard people say things about ESPN when it comes to uh, minorities having to jump through hoops in order to do things. Okay. But at the same time, Rachel Nichols has been really good. You know what I'm saying? Throughout the years. Okay. And people can say favoritism because a, a mother-in-law is Diane Sawyer. Some of y'all probably know Diane Sawyer from prime time and doing all this stuff from ABC who works with ESPN but at the same time, Rachel Nichols has done a really good job and Maria Taylor has done a really good job. And I just feel like. I just feel like, man, it, it's just a sad situation, man, that um, ESPN to me is using this situation almost as if it's like an affirmative action situation when it shouldn't be right. Maria Taylor deserves her own spot. She does a really good job with the NBA. And so does Rachel Nichols, you know, Um look i can understand from a certain standpoint with rachel nichols because i I want people to understand this imagine you being a man or something right and you're good at your job you've done absolutely nothing wrong and then all of a sudden they say well we're gonna bring somebody else up in here you know and we're gonna replace you because we need more women here you know what i'm saying like not to say that you don't think the woman is qualified but it's the same thing. Like, man, I'd be doing my job pretty well. So, of course, you'll have an issue with it. Um, I, I see both sides. Like, I understand Maria's Taylor stance because, look, they they do need more opportunities for women in, in, in the work field when it comes to sports. They do. They do, man. It, like, I can't tell you how many times, like, I, I really I, – I don't want just a bunch of guys – to interview for this show. I would love to get a woman's perspective. That's why I like shouts out to Carly. It was good and refreshing to see somebody that works just as hard to get their information out there and and learn about the information and and get, you know what I'm saying? And have a love for sport, just like as a man. So they do need opportunities for women out here, but I can understand both standpoints, man. When you worked hard for something and you, you, you know what I'm saying? or you built like something, regardless of how it happened when you built it i mean of course you know what i'm saying if you're good at it you don't want your their job to be taken away from you okay um i, I don't know man but both of them both of them are really talented it's sad me personally i ain't trying to count nobody bread i don't you know what i'm saying like both of them deserve everything that they get uh rachel nichols i can understand how she felt uh, it's unfortunate that she got recorded like that that just the world that we live in right now you gotta be careful who you say things to when you say them are you saying in the confidence you know what i'm saying and trusting a person that you know you know you you gotta gotta be careful with that stuff man people are always trying to look for that that next breaking story and if you're you're not careful you might be that person hey tj you gotta come uh compete uh, put that fitness to the test. Also, our games create artwork as you play against other teams. Ain't no sipping paint over here. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to check it out one day. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not just I'm not just saying that, man. I definitely want to come down and take part in it. I mean, I told my wife about it before, and um, I'm pretty sure, like if I if I really you know tell her about it, she'll she'll be on board. Man, my my wife likes to travel, so she'll love it. Uh, Here is a throwback: Jim Everett going on Jim Rome live on TV, calling him Chris. <laughs> Chris. Scratch that, Chris Everett, everybody. Yeah, I know you've been saying this for quite some time, but if you call me Chris Everett one more time, we're gonna have to go to commercial break. Well, I'm saying it right now. Say it. I bet you won't say it again, Chris. Everett put that That was funny, man. He, he moves him like he was just. A loaf of bread or something like that. Jim Everett is a is a big man, you know? Uh, Who That TJ just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate you and Big Q giving a Who That Nation real Saints talk every day. Keep up the good work, my brother. Ramsey, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see. Shout out to the Upper and Lower Night Ward in my, your hometown, New Orleans, Louisiana. Where you from? I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, I'm from the Night Ward, man. I'm from, I uh, was born and raised in the Night Ward, and um I moved uh, I moved around quite a bit, but it was just mostly in the night ward. You know, but that's where I'm from. You know, and how many times like we end up staying with my grandparents and stuff like that as a kid, they they lived in the night ward as long as my whole entire life, so that's why I say I'm from the night ward. That's that's where I'm from. That's 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 the, the memories that I have. Nope, not doing too good at it. Uh let's see. Okay, trying. consider I a man. Let's see, fate Bay workplace. Uh, I feel if we have a good D-line and above average cornerback play, we will have a top 10 defense. I agree, but they got to get to the quarterback more this season. We, we got to count on people like Cam Jordan and stuff. They, they got to be able to get to quarterback. TJ, are there any positions you're nervous about on the team? Nope, I'm not. This call me naive, but I'm not. I'm not concerned about any positions. TJ, will uh this be Jameis' first time being in the same offense for two years in NFL? Uh coaching hasn't uh, worked in his favor in Tampa. Sean Payton gonna turn Jameis into elite. Well, I think that's what we're all thinking, Cass, but I wanna see him, I wanna see him thrive. I want to see him thrive. Um wanna make sure I ain't forgetting nothing. Jared said, just saw Rachel Nichols on the jump an hour ago. So I guess everything is all right. Yeah, I mean, look. Maria Taylor covering the NBA Finals, Rachel Nichols, who has covered the NBA finals on countless occasions, uh, you know, get get the opportunity to be on the jump. Nothing wrong with that. You know, like that, like there's nothing wrong with that, man. Look, I want both, I want both of these women to to get what they deserve. And I understand it, man. But I look, I don't want to put I I don't want to put, I'm trying to make sure I I say this right. I don't want to just make this about, you know, color. You know what I'm saying? I I just, I just don't. Um, Do I feel like minorities need more opportunities? Hell yeah. Like, absolutely. Um, But I don't want to say, I I don't feel like if a person is good at their job, I don't feel like if a person just so happened to be white, should be bumped down because they want the the company wants to look more appealing make more opportunities like make more jobs you know what i'm saying like make more jobs make like a pool where you 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 hire more minorities where they could actually work their way up like most most radio stations most tv stations they get interns how about going to some of these HBCUs huh seriously how about going to some of these universities and not only just, you know, getting these, you know, getting, you know, what I'm saying like I hate to say it, white people, you know, what I'm saying like and the only people that you hire, get some minorities, go to these HBCUs, go to these universities. And I get it. You know what I'm saying? When you have when you go to universities like Michigan, Michigan State, there is a high percentage of Caucasian people that, that, that go to those universities. You know what I'm saying? There's there's a there's a high percentage but you still can go out here and, and recruit some of these interns that are minorities. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like they get up in there and they grow, they prove themselves to be, you know what I'm saying? Worthy of, of, of possibly getting a job, you know what I'm saying? Coming out of school and that person can work them way their way up, work their way from production uh, to the broadcasting booth. If they don't want to be in a broadcasting booth, then be behind the camera. There are opportunities for that. You know, but it has to start somewhere. You know, I don't feel like nobody should get their job taken based on, oh, we want to look more appealing because that's disingenuous. It's not. Because the way I look at it, why aren't you doing this in the first place? You're, You're using me to make yourself look appealing. And that's not something that I want. What I want is opportunities for everybody. What I want is if I'm good at what I'm doing, Is for me to get the opportunity. That's it. If you want to create change, it has to start at some of these universities, man. Like I'm telling y'all right now, there was one class, and we'll end on this note. There one class that I used to be in. I had to take it in order for me to graduate. Uh, It was an internship class. Your senior year of college, you had to get an internship. It was a requirement in the communications department. One thing I wanted to do was work at a radio station. At Jackson State University, there were no internships at radio stations. I had to end up working, I want to say I, I worked at a uh I worked at a black newspaper. Okay. It was it was some I can't I can't think of what it was, but it was a newspaper like designed for almost like black enterprise, but it was in Jackson, Mississippi, and it was based out of Tugaloo College so I had to go to Tugaloo College which was the HBCU and I had no interest in this what my job was I had to send a bunch of emails to a bunch of upscale African-Americans to get them involved in this golf tournament had no interest in that whatsoever so I'm saying this right now they need to have more opportunities when it comes to broadcasting television They need to be able to give internships to some of these these kids at these HBCUs and and some of these other minorities at some of these state universities as well and some of these community colleges. Give these these girls and guys opportunities to be the best that they can be. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying right here. So we ain't got to sit around here and worry about taking this person's job so we can look good give university appeal or we're so worried about affirmative action bump all that let like to me let's let's eliminate affirmative action well we you know i'm saying like to a point where the best person gets the job but give this person the best opportunity to be able to get the job give these people the opportunity to 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 come up the ranks you know like I don't know, man. That that situation right there is, is frustrating. Because to me, I don't know who wrong. I, I mean, I, neither one of them wrong. I mean, because I understand both standpoints. Maria Taylor, who is good at what she does, just so happened to be a black woman. She wants, you know what I'm saying, she wants more opportunity. But at the same time, Rachel Nichols has been one of the faces of the NBA for the last what, 20 years? So it's hard for me to say who's right i mean rachel nichols was wrong for her comments you know but i mean i can understand where she's coming from though you know she she felt like her job shouldn't be taken away from especially if she's doing a good job which i understand but maria taylor at the same time she deserves what she she gets as well uh let's see I, i assume uh This is my nephew, Kalen, on my mom's account here. you say, hey, Uncle Timmy (laughs) or uh, Lauren. or I don't know which one of y'all, but I love y'all, wherever y'all are at right now. Uh, Shouts out to my mom. I guess she she finally got a hold of her account. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. I really do appreciate that. Appreciate your time. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Before you leave, go ahead and give your boy a thumbs up if you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast uh also previous episodes available on itunes spotify iHeartRadio, radio anchor fm uh go to facebook.com uh search the state of the saints podcast state of the saints podcast brought to you by manscape.com use the promo code state of saints all one word okay it's samantha well, Shouts out to you samantha hey samantha how you doing it's my niece uh Previous episodes available iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, Manscaped.com. Use the promo code STATE OF SAINTS. Save 20% off. All right. So, shouts out to everybody. Thank y'all for tuning in. And like always, all I got to say is, who that?